Hello everybody. Welcome back. It is a new year, a new build of all of this excitement we've been waiting on. The draft is done and tonight, Thursday, September the 1st, we have our first games of the season. Um, this league last year was an absolute blast. I am the returning champion. If you're unfamiliar with me, my name is Hunter and uh, I will be managing a new team this year called the Rock and Sock Connection and uh, gonna let you get introduced to my team a little bit later in this podcast but just to start out just want to say welcome back everybody really excited for what we have here excited for these new teams we have one or two new owners this year um it's just just gonna be an absolute blast but just today's podcast is not going to be normally as in-depth as we did last year it's just going to be a preview and uh looking forward to tonight and and maybe some of the games and stuff that are going on but uh we wanted to do it different this year and we have mixed up our divisions so last year you had the sec and the alliance and uh this year we're changing it to a little hbcu preview and we're going to go with the big sky and the swack and uh the big sky specifically not being in hbcu but wanted to give a shout out to that swack this year and um we're gonna have a 10 team league just as last year was and we're gonna divide these into five now this year the way we're going to score everything um is our normal head-to-head categories each week but the way we do playoffs if you win your division it cements you in the playoffs, but it does not mean you automatically get the one or two seed. This year, we're going to go by record. So if we end up having three teams in one league that has a better record than the division winner of the other league, the division winner will be the four seed. So uh, very exciting stuff we have going here. I'm going to give you a quick preview and introduce the team names here, and we'll go we'll go over the owners again um, in this next little part of the segment. But to start off in the big sky this year, you're going to have the Florida State Cinnamon Rolls, which is owned by uh, Justin Balky, or I guess we can, we'll call them owners instead of coaches. So owned by Justin Balky. Coming up is next, we have Team Saliba, which is owned by Austin Saliba, and I'm sure he'll have that name change coming sooner rather than later. But uh, right now, just keeping it very basic. Our third team this year, and probably voted most interesting team name is going to be Epstein's Child Services owned by Bubba Andrews out of Jacksonville, Florida. Coming in in the fourth spot in this league is the Pink Panthers owned by Weewaws Landon Highsmith. And finally to round it out is the predicted um, league winner right now which is Go Tigers with Brandon Leota, a familiar name from last year who scrapped his way back into the playoffs. So it's good to have these guys back. We're going to switch over here to the SWAC now, and leading off the SWAC is going to be Daddy Magic, which is owned by Tyler Yao down there in Stark, Florida. Next is Team Fansville. That should be your reference to Dr. Pepper there and everything you're going to see going on with ESPN this year and all their promotion. And that team is owned by Tyler Jackson out in Monticello. You have Hit and Rugs, which is a bad play on a name from an accident for former wide receiver uh henry ruggs from alabama when he went to the raiders but nonetheless my brother hayden has chosen that name and uh looking to see if he can win the division this year fourth you have roll tribe 
which is owned by Christian Delahaye here out of Panama City, Florida. He was a uh, latecomer last year, bringing his team back around, changing the whole aspect of our playoffs. And rounding it out is myself, uh, Hunter McDaniel, running the Rock and Sock Connection this year. Now, for a lot of you outside listeners, you probably will not know this or understand this, but the SWAC is absolutely loaded this year. I drew names out of a hat, and uh, that's how I made up my divisions in the draft. And this side that we have on right now have some very, very, very top-ranked teams. Um, Four out of the five teams in here are power-ranked, according to our site fan tracks. Uh, Four out of the five teams are in the top six. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this division plays out and if we actually beat each other up when it comes down to it. So glad to get those introductions out of the way. We're going to take our first break really, really quick, and we're going to come back and look at the team's uh, quick roster previews and the matchups. See you soon. The option in this game is going to be off the chain because it's going to be hard to start that mobile quarterback. I like to see a quarterback that can still be shifty in the game as well. It makes it a lot more realistic. Football IQ is a big deal, but there is no substitute for speed. That first cut is key to a running back success. You get to plant your foot and make that move. That first cut sets up the rest of your run. Tradition is there. It's almost real life. You see the guys running down the field, you see them tapping to win a day sign, you see the duck on the back of the motorcycle leading everybody out. What you need to do is figure out what types of players you need that will make your system work the best. How you play this game to win. All right, guys, thank you for that quick pause we had going on, and we're going to jump right into it here. So let's talk about our weekly matchups. So starting out, this week we're going to have Brandon's Go Tigers taking on Christian's Roll Tribe. Let me tell you all something. It's going to be possibly matchup of the week, but it's definitely going to be a good matchup because both of these guys really put a lot of time into studying their team and studying the players. So putting the best possible players, uh, you know, in their lineups to see who's going to win. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a close scoring matchup, but it's really, really going to come down to who manages their team the best. Taking a preview here at the Go Tigers, Brandon's going to roll this year. His top three players are quarterback Malik Cunningham of Louisville, running back Deuce Vaughn of Kansas State, and returning number one tight end Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh, This year, I'm going to do something interesting in this preview, and I'm going to briefly talk about an impact player on a team that people may not know about or have no, you know, just just no interest in in general, especially how it looked in our drafts that I think is going to make an impact. And this year for uh, Brandon's Go Tigers, it looks like it's going to be wide receiver Mac Hippenhammer from uh, Miami of Ohio. Now, Mac this year is the new X receiver on that offense. And last year, he was averaging around 13.1 points per game when he played. But the interesting thing here is his quarterback is NFL starter and former number 10 overall pick by the Jags, uh, little brother Blaine Gabbert. Um, Blaine Gabbert's little brother. Sorry for the confusion there. But Blaine Gabbert's little brother is their quarterback. And 
they do not have a specific air raid offense, but at the same time, a big presence like Hippenhammer is going to be an impact player. I'm predicting that Hippenhammer can increase that points per game average from 13.1 to around 18 this year and possibly, you know, be a full-time starter and not just a flex play here for Brandon. So keep their eye, keep your guys' eye on Mac Hippenhammer. Looking over at Christian's Roll Tribe, his uh, top three players are wide receiver Josh Downs from North Carolina, running back Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, just filling that lineage of great running backs there, and quarterback Tanner Mordecai from SMU, who is a former Oklahoma guy, and he got a good chance last year. He actually entered his name in the draft and withdrew it. Um, and as you can see, you know, starting out with that Josh Downs, he has already played a game against FAMU and had nine receptions, so losing uh, losing Sam, what's his last name? Good Lord, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank here. It'll come to me in just a minute. But uh, losing his quarterback, you know, um, it's really not going to make that big of an effect. It looks like Josh Downs is truly the centerpiece. Sam Howell, see, there I go again, just drawing to blanks for no reason. But losing Sam Howell is not going to change his game. Now, this year, I'm expecting a big breakout from uh, Jarrell Brock, who is the new running back at Iowa State. You know, Iowa State has been putting out some pretty good talent here recently. And, you know, you know, having Brees Hall go as high as he did last year is in the second round to the Jets. But I'm expecting Brock to fill in that role. And his average of 3.1 points per game last year is totally going to increase, especially – you know, in that run-first offense they have out there. I'm predicting he goes from 3.1 points per game, most likely to around 15 or 16 or possibly higher. We just see how, see if he's involved in the passing game. So um, lining everything up, uh, averaging out everybody's projected lineups and their expected points per game coming in. Um, it has this week go Tigers. So Brandon should um, pull this one out. It doesn't give you like a final score prediction, but – it is stating that Go Tigers will pull out the win here in week one. So let's see how that goes. Starting off next in our second matchup, we have Landon's Pink Panthers. Previewing his team, his top three players are first overall pick, Bijan Robinson from Texas, uh, Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Tennessee, and Blake Corum, running back from Michigan. Now remember, Blake Corum's running partner, Hassan Haskins, is now in the NFL. He's Derrick Henry's backup, which means he, he doesn't have the sole – you know, he is the number one back. He doesn't have the sole bulk of the carries. He's probably going to average 18 to 20 carries this year, but he still is very productive when that ball is in his hands. And I'm expecting a breakout player to be Jaden Bray, a wide receiver from Oklahoma State, who is now their X receiver in the offense this year. Averaging last year 4.5 points per game, I just, you know, it's been a while. There's been... A few guys that have come through, Marcel Aitman, uh, since Justin Blackman, Marcel Aitman, you know, James Washington, a couple of guys. But there's got to be another Justin Blackman in that program. And I'm interested to see if that's who Jaden Bray is. And I'm predicting his 4.5 points is going to increase somewhere, in my opinion, to maybe 12 to 14 per game. But you could expect maybe in the 20s if he becomes Sanders' top target. Moving over, we got Hayden's hitting rugs. His top, uh, his number one draft pick and his top players, running back Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, running back Tank Bigsby from Auburn, and wide receiver Marvin Mims from Oklahoma. 
let me explain how last year that uh besides gibbs you know he he kind of was was handcuffed and this year he's going to be in a running back by committee situation but he is clearly the number one tank bigsby had a bad year last year his freshman year was amazing he has something to prove and i, I firmly believe that they're going to get him going here in 2022 but marvin mims is the interesting player out of these top three because we're moving over to a, a will venables team that is not the same i mean they they have dylan gabriel at quarterback now and they but they don't have caleb williams but i think that's a good thing for mims i think that gabriel is actually going to start that that quick connection with mims early and ride it through the season so i'm expecting mims to be a top impact player in the first couple weeks um that we have here the breakout player this year for Hayden is not really a breakout player, but it's transfer Kanata Monkfield from Mississippi State who went to the air raid offense now to Pittsburgh. What's interesting is that Pittsburgh's top receiver, Jordan Addison, went to USC. The quarterback from USC, Kidon Slovis, went to Pittsburgh. So it's almost like they traded players. I think that Mumpfield is going to find early and often that he is the number one guy, especially in tonight's game they play against West Virginia. I think he's going to be the number one guy for Slovis. And I'm going to say that his last year's average of 15.7 is going to be somewhere around 22 to 23 points per game. Now, Guard, uh, lining this matchup up, the computer is stating Hayden's hitting rugs will actually pull it out. With all that talent the Pink Panthers have, it's predicting that hitting rugs is going to pull it out. And like I said, it doesn't tell me a final score or anything. It just shows your uh, points per game. So let's see if Hayden pulls this thing out. In our third matchup, we have Bubba's uh, Epstein Child Services, and he's highlighted this year by quarterback Bryce Young of Alabama, wide receiver Xavier Worthy of Texas, and tight end Brock Bowers of Georgia. Bryce Young is who Bryce Young is, and he has a goal this year. It's not about him. He won the Heisman. It's about um, winning that championship for Alabama. So I'm not sure if that's going to hurt him in terms of his stats or if it's actually going to help if he's going to press in these big games down the line and, and, and actually come through. Xavier Worthy had a breakout freshman year. I'm expecting regression due to the fact that Quinn Ewers is quarterback and he's still trying to get you know, his feet up under him. So I'm expecting early regression from him, but still to be solid. And Brock Bowers is who he is, and I only think that he can get better. The issue with Brock Bowers is that he has the, I'm going to say, the greatest tight end room of all time that he is going to be a part of this year. I have a, I have a firm belief that he is in a tight end room that will have three top three round NFL draft picks uh, in that same one. Now this year, and Bubba and I have actually talked about this behind the scenes, but running back Dylan McGuffey from Georgia Tech, a transfer from Buffalo, who averaged 17.1 points per game last year for Buffalo, I think he is going to be an average of 20 points per game for uh, for Bubba this year. I think he's going to be a center focus of the Georgia Tech offense. And this isn't the same old Georgia Tech team. This isn't, you know, what we're used to seeing in that in that run heavy offense but i still think um mcduffie's going to be used and i think he's going to be using the passing game which is going to make him very valuable and possibly a true uh rb1 or rb2 for him this year looking over at jackson's team fansville he's led by quarterback brennan armstrong 
running back Sean Tucker, running back Travion Henderson from Ohio State. If you don't know, Sean Tucker was a waiver wire pickup by myself from Syracuse last year who actually helped me win the championship. Him and Rasheen Ali, these guys were just absolute monsters as freshmen, and they're expected to do it again in their in their sophomore year, especially Tucker here. And Jackson has more. He has Dontavian Wicks who is Brandon Armstrong's number one target. I mean, he has Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, out in Ohio State. I mean, it's just unbelievable the talent that Jack was able to pick up in our draft at his draft slot. And uh, I'm actually expecting, my prediction is that Jackson wins the whole thing this year. But um, we're going to just see, you know, as week goes by, and we got to watch for injuries. Now, Jackson has an interesting breakout player. And I, I don't really like anything at all about uh, the University of Tennessee, but they have Jabari Small averaging 13.6 points per game last year. He's the true number one. Um, and the thing that I think he's going to break out in is that he was averaging 13.6 points per game. He only had nine receptions in 2021 for 77 yards. I think that if they find a way that Hendon Hooker starts getting him the ball more, his points per game is going to increase. I'm going to expect somewhere maybe in like 16 to 18, and that's huge knowing um, that you have a flex player that can get you that much. That's the key to winning each week. Uh, in this week's matchup between Bubba and Jackson, they are showing that Jackson will win. Um, like I said, don't know about that final score, but I'm also just personally picking that as well. I think Jackson's team is going to be very strong this year. All right, four teams to go. We're going to preview me next. We got my rock and sock connection. My number one player is Jordan Addison. Number two player is Lou Nichols. And number three player is Zach Evans. Um, I actually drafted Lou Nichols before Jordan Addison in our draft this year. Um, Jordan Addison being the transfer to USC. I just think that he would not, because Addison was really, really high on going to Alabama. They had, they had crystal balled in there. And knowing that he went to USC, I believe he will be force-fed by Lincoln Riley and that Caleb Williams, to establish his draft status, is going to have to have a number one like Addison. So I am expecting big things. Lou Nichols, another guy like Tucker and Ali, who just was a freshman that came out of nowhere. I think that Nichols will put up another good year, but he has a few tough matchups, especially tonight on this Thursday podcast. You're hearing that he's going up against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State, so I'm kind of nervous about this day one prediction. Um, and then Zach Evans from Ole Miss, I mean, the TCU stud that has all the makings of being like a Ladanian Tomlinson type player. He's just electric out there on the field. But he's got a little bit off the field issue and some, he's very injury prone, but he's still one of my top players. My breakout player, and I actually have two, but I chose Luther Burden from uh, Missouri this year. And I just, I just see, I just envision Doriel Green Beckham 2.0 and if you're familiar with Doriel Green Beckham he's the hometown guy from Missouri that stayed that was just an absolute monster I mean he he was Missouri through and through and he just represented everything that was good about them Luther Burden is another hometown kid that decided to stay and immediately won the X position um through their spring and basically through their fall camp and I just think Burden is going to get me hopefully anywhere between 12 and 17 points per game and may turn out you know to be like freshman of the year um, maybe even SEC freshman of the year moving over to Balky's FSU cinnamon rolls he's led by quarterback CJ Stroud he's got running back Zach Charbonnet from UCLA and running back Travis Dye from USC as his top three players 
Stroud will probably win the Heisman this year unless something crazy happens. He's surrounded with weapons and a great coach in Ryan Day. He's surrounded by a cupcake schedule till they get to the back end of it. All he has to do is show up against Notre Dame this weekend and prove himself. And I think that he's actually going to score a lot in that game because it's going to be a little back and forth early on unless Notre Dame's offense spuds out, which it could. Um He's got Zach Charbonnet that averaged like 19 points per game for UCLA. And Travis Dye, he had like a 30 and a 40-point game for Oregon last year, and he only goes to a better offense, like an absolutely studly offense out there at USC. So I'm expecting uh, Dye to be very good. Balky has somebody as a breakout player that I did not even know about. I did not do my research, and I'm not sure if he did or not or if he got him by luck, but Chris Thornton. From James Madison, the newly uh, appointed D1 team this year, James Madison. Chris Thornton played for VMI, which I believe was the Virginia Military Institute, back in 2018 and averaged 19.2 points per game for them. And this year he is their starting Z. He's, he's their Y or their Z this year. But either way, I'm expecting Thornton to be that guy that nobody knew about and averages 20 points per game. And he's just the Duke's, like, number one guy. He's a graduate transfer. I believe he might – he's kind of old, so I don't know what they're going to say about him in terms of NFL draft stock. But I think he's just going to be that guy this year, and it's going to be just a great early pickup for Balky that's going to pay dividends. In our matchup this week, um, it actually has Balky beating me but I'm going to use my own override pick, and I'm going to say I'm going to win this one because i got to support my team. But it actually has Balky beating me when it comes down to the end, and I think it's going to be that performance by Stroud and Die that's really going to push him through to the victory. Finally, we're going to end this long part of this segment with Daddy Magic, um, Tyler Yao, who is led this year by his quarterback, Caleb Williams, wide receiver, Kayshawn Boutte, and running back, Jordan Mims from Fresno State. Now, Williams is who he is, and I think he's going to thrive out there on the West Coast. Kayshawn Boutte, we know that he literally could be a top three NFL draft pick, but the problem is what is going to go on with Brian Kelly? Can Brian Kelly keep LSU in it this year to force Boutte to be able to stay the whole season and not leave early for draft prep? Boutte has influencers such as Jamar Chase out there that's kind of showing him that he doesn't have to play to get drafted like you know what i'm saying to get drafted high and and jamar chase didn't lose anything by sitting out of here he probably gained if anything so it's interesting to see if Boutte is going to stay the whole season jordan mims is ronnie rivers is uh, replacement and let me tell you something hanner is good at dumping the ball off and handing the ball um to Ronnie Rivers, and I don't think Jordan Mims is going to miss a beat, and that's why I put it as uh, Yale's third best player on his team. Now he has an interesting breakout, in my opinion. It's the new starting running back replacing Abram Smith at Baylor. It's going to be Tay McWilliams. Uh, I've read a lot of articles that said Baylor may actually even make the playoff this year. With all the firepower that they have on offense, it's going to be one of the fastest offenses in football. I, I just have faith that if you're going to have the top, top offense, you're going to have to have a stud at running back that's going to be able to take 18 to 25 carries and catch at least five to six passes out of the backfield. If that turns out to be Tay Williams, I'm expecting 25 points per game from this kid and uh, maybe a touchdown or two every single game. So let's keep our eye on him. And, you know, Yao may, uh, may have gotten a huge steal there. 
And our final team is Team Saliba. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys this drop-in information here, a little lowdown. Saliba did not draft his team. Um, it was drafted by Landon's brother, Hunter, who ended up uh, relinquishing the rights of his ownership, and Saliba took over. So this is kind of fresh for him. Um, he in no way has a disadvantage. Uh, Hunter actually had the second pick when he drafted that team, so he inherited a very good team. And he's led by Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma, and Quentin Johnson from TCU. Let me talk to you about these three players real quick and why I think they're going to be absolutely phenomenal. Smith and Jigba right now is already being labeled as a top five draft pick or a huge bust on the season. He's surrounded by other talents such as Marvin Harrison. But what I know about Smith and Jigba is that when he was the three for Ohio State, he and C.J. Stroud still had a great relationship. And I don't think anything's going to change because Stroud's trying to win the Heisman. How do you win the Heisman? You get the ball to your best player, hands down. I mean, there's no, there's just no question to it. You got to go back and you look at what Mac Jones did with Devontae Smith. It did not matter if he was double, triple covered. He kept giving the ball to Devontae, and Mac honestly probably should have won the Heisman over Devontae that year. But nonetheless, I think that's why he's going to be good. You look at Dylan Gabriel. He's got a lot to prove. He's coming off an injury. He he was the quarterback chosen by Will Venables to reprise his uh, alma mater at Oklahoma. I mean. I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be a fine quarterback. He may not, you know, average 30 points per game, but he's going to be close to it. And then you look all the way down at Quentin Johnson. If you don't know about him, he was actually mocked by Bleacher Report to be the Jaguars' fourth overall pick in the draft next year. And uh, they're expecting huge things out of him. Now, he could be the next Jalen Rager, honestly. But at the same time, in terms of fantasy, that's a great thing for college fantasy. And this year, I'm going to give the breakout. And I'm doing this because I have a lot of Florida State guys in my league. And I'm doing this to give them hope. And it's a great way to end the podcast. His breakout player is going to be Trey Benson of Florida State. And it's been a while since Florida State. And yes, last year they had Corbin, I know. But it's been a while since uh, Florida State has really had that guy. And even though this year they've got Toa Feely and they've got Ward... I just saw something in Trey Benson last week um, when he was out there. Uh, it's just different. You could tell there's something different. I read articles about him on Bleacher Report, and he said that he was so nervous he was about to have a panic attack before the game, and his mom had to calm him down. You want a player like that, and FSU needs a player like that. So I, I firmly believe that what happens in the LSU game, if he can even take 12 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown, that's enough to, to affirm for me that Trey Benson is going to be a real deal and that he has finally found a good home and that he, he's going to increase draft status for next year and everything going on. So I'm kind of putting some pushing some chips in on Trey Benson myself. Um, I think he's going to be able to stay fresh, especially with Toa and Ward taking a few carries away from him. And he already scored 16.5 in that first game. So... We'll, uh, we'll just have to sit back and see. But um, that's it, guys. Oh, yeah, sorry. Didn't want to drop that. The computer's picking Daddy Magic to win. I'm also picking Daddy Magic to win, even though that Saliba has some really, really good superstars. I think that Yao's going to put together the right lineup in week one to beat him. But that does not mean that I think Saliba has a bad team. I actually think that it's going to uh, it's gonna benefit him really well. So 
that is finally it guys there's no more breaks nothing else going on from here just going to send you guys with an outro and we'll work on the podcast moving forward but i know a lot of people were interested to hear kind of what i had to say and and wanted to preview this and we'll do full team previews and a lot of stuff coming up so just look forward to it be excited and hey it's glad to have football back i'll talk to you guys next week see you